Hi, this is Joey Price of the Business Life and Coffee podcast, and I'm joined by Max Dubroff, who just led a presentation entitled Post-Incarceration Employment, a Societal, Talent, and Legal Imperative for Success. Now, I had an opportunity to sit in the session, and I was very impressed by the material. Uh, but Max, uh, could you introduce yourself and tell me your story about how you came to the SHRM conference to, to give this talk? Sure, absolutely. So my main history is as a veteran. I served in the Air Force for more than 20 years. And in that perspective, I have to admit on this issue, I started with ignorance because I never worked with anybody with a felony record, anybody with a history. And that ignorance, quite honestly, led to a prejudice. Uh, as, as an HR professional, I confess that I came into uh, came into the profession thinking that, well, other people deserve a better chance because they haven't done anything wrong. I learned I was wrong. The thing about it is, is that as I met people in my company who were wonderful performers, who, who were great, loyal people to the organization, and then I found out that they had a criminal record, I realized that my ignorance was wrong, you know, that I needed to fill that gap and that my prejudice was really wrong. So the employer that I worked with, Buy For Less, in the Oklahoma City area, they, they were felon friendly. Uh, they, they called themselves that. They, they allowed people into the organization if they were good people, regardless of their history. And, and really what happened is over time I created some strong partnerships with support, community support organizations such as the Education and Employment Ministry and also with public strategies that enabled us to go further, to not just wait until somebody came to the doorstep, but actually go contact people pre-release while they were still in the Department of Justice or Department of Corrections system, contact them, interview them, screen them, and help them make a better transition into my company. So, Max, you talk about the community partners that you had involved in the hiring process. And so I, I imagine that the process of hiring someone with a felony record in the attempt to reduce recidivism, it's not just here's the application, go through the interview process, give you a job, you're automatically successful. Uh, what sort of community partners are necessary or uh, preferred in order to have a successful, um, a successful onboarding and retention of an employee with a felony record? That's an awesome question. And, and, and to be clear, that it, uh, even when I had the strong partnerships, I didn't have to work with them the whole time. We still remained um, open to people with a, a, a record as they applied. So regardless of the avenue they came, if they were the right person for our organization, we found that out so we could get them. The partnerships, though, that's a, that's a much better question because what that enabled is, first of all, a screening. They would actually pre-screen for me because they wanted to succeed. They would make sure that they were offering me really the cream of the crop, the people that had uh, not only been uh, people that had just had made, uh, made mistakes, done things wrong, but they had rehabilitated. They had, they had really changed their lives, and they helped me learn how to find out about the rehabilitation by asking the right questions of the Department of Corrections and by, by uh, shortening the loop between what I don't know 
and what I can learn about a person. Mm-hmm. And what were some of those things that you learned about, about, about the people? So, first of all, it is an individual issue. This is not about a population. Uh, this is not about opening your doors and letting everybody in just because they have a felony record. Uh, this is recognizing that even when the statistics say that the majority of people with a record, if, if the statistics said are, are, they are less trustworthy or uh, that there's a higher propensity to, to, to do other wrong things, if those statistics are true, and many times they are, it doesn't say all. And that's what we need to do, is we need to recognize that, that we're talking one person at a time. And really, that, that's where the magic is, is when you, when you give people a chance, whether or not they have a, a criminal history, you look at them, as you said earlier, you, you, you look at them, you learn about them, you go through the interview process, which is actually, really, it's just the same. Now, the biggest thing that, that I always wanted was I wanted people to be open and honest. So if somebody came to our organization and said that they never committed any crimes or they didn't divulge their whole history because they were, trying, they were embarrassed about something, we didn't let them in. We saw it as a, as a demonstration of questionable trust. Trust was so much more important to us. So we actually hired people based on can they be trustworthy? Can, can they tell us what their history was? And when, and when we find out through other sources that, that yes, that was their history, and yes, they've done a good job at rehabilitation, they were a great match for us. Uh, there was a quote that you uh, had in your presentation by Chris Steele, and I believe it was a video. Uh, it said, all of us are worth more than a single incident or a single period of time. And also David Prater, the district attorney for Oklahoma County, who also happened to be a former police officer, he highlighted uh, the biggest difference between the person with the felony record and the one without is that one person got caught. Um, can you speak to the, uh, the, the video, or not the video rather, but the, the image that you had on the screen about the flowchart of every, we are all humans and then there are some that do illegal activity and then there are some that get caught and then some that go through the system and can you can you shed a little bit more light about the flow chart of the employment process? Absolutely. So if you consider the entire population, actually, you know what? Forget about all of them. Let's talk about you. You're a person. Each of us are an individual person. And my bet is that there's nobody listening to this that could say they've never done anything wrong. Even still, I bet that the great, great majority of us have done something illegal. Uh, whether, whether it be a, a shoplifting episode or, or speeding or things, there are times in our lives where we have not complied with the law and we didn't get caught. And that, that difference of not getting caught versus getting caught is actually very small compared to the impact, the, the lifelong impact that the person experiences when they got caught. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't be punished. I, I do believe that we have a, a healthy system that punishes them, but it's not our place, once they've been punished, it's not our place to, to prejudge them or to not give them a chance. So, so there is the fact that there's so many of us, like the great majority of us, have done something wrong. We just didn't get caught. Now, out of those people who didn't get caught, not all get convicted. 
And there are different levels of conviction. There's the misdemeanors, there's the felonies. But if we just focus on felony for right now, not even all felons go to prison. Um, when people are found guilty of a felony, many uh, go on probation. So just focusing on those who've gone to prison, though, when they come out, almost all of them get a pretty good uh, transition program, some sort of support to transition back to the real world, but not all programs are created equal. And, and some of them have access to much better resources and, and and, and it's everything from the soft skills of, of how, to, how to interview for a job, how to talk to people, how, how to behave in a business setting, uh, all the way through the, the potential uh, tangible uh, job skills of, of people learning how to do a job that would be uh, enticing for an employer, something that would be attractive. So there are wonderful programs out there, but what ends up happening is going back to that, that difference between got caught and didn't get caught, is that a lot of times employers just make it easy uh, to, for the person that, that doesn't have a record, an easy path in, and it's a very difficult path for those people with a record. Once again, I'm not against the difficult path. It's just to cause, it cause us to question that easy path that we give just because we didn't see anything. That's the big difference. So there's a lot of times we're letting people in without doing our due diligence of making sure that they're the right person. Whereas this population of people who have a felony history, honestly, because it's all out in front of you, it may be actually much more meaningful and much more helpful if we take the time to consider them individually as a person and what their merit is for our organization. And they do bring merit, uh, a lot of merit and opportunity. And uh, going along the lines of, of what you just mentioned, uh, in your presentation, you, you gave a few biases that HR people, hiring managers, and maybe even employees of an organization might have. Uh, two that I want to point out now that sort of piggyback on what you said um, just a few seconds ago. Sometimes as HR professionals and as employers, we believe that uh, felon, well, I'll classify it, felon group, we feel that this is about all and not the individual, as you, as you said, Max. Uh, we say that they might hurt someone or they might steal from us. Uh, but I like that you mentioned that, you know, it's not a prerequisite for a person to have a felony to hurt someone at your employment, uh, and it's not a prerequisite for a person to have a, a, a criminal record to steal uh, from an employer. Um, these are individual decisions that come from individual thought processes. And um, could you comment on that, and maybe some of the other biases that we have as as a society, as employers, as as potential coworkers um, that we might have about uh, felons? Sure, um, I, I love the way you put it. The, the the biggest thing is is that we're talking about one person at a time. And as I said earlier, even if the statistics say that the majority fit us, are predictable to do something or more likely to do something, it doesn't mean all of them. The flip side is also true. Just because somebody doesn't have a history doesn't mean that, that everything will be perfect and everything will be fine. The point is every single person needs to be screened. Every, every single person needs to be assessed on their character and are they a right match for your organization. And 
really, it, like you said, it goes beyond jobs. I mean, heck, one of the biggest challenges a lot of people with a felony history have is finding a, a home, a place to live, um, being able to get a loan. Uh, being, actually, they don't get to vote. Um, you know, there's certain rights that that are taken away from them, and that's just that's what our our society has decided is the right thing to do. And I'm not questioning that. I'm just saying that they're they're leading a more challenged life, sometimes for factors that were just more out of our simplicity. Um, if if you're renting out a house, and actually, how about this? Uh, you a, a guy's courting your daughter. And you find out that the guy has a criminal history. Does that mean that he's a bad person? Not necessarily. Should you be cautious and evaluate because of the the potential increased possibility? Absolutely. Uh, what you you follow your intuition and you find out what's going on, but you don't go for that easy solution of just because you you have a history. Uh, I don't want to talk to you, or I don't want. Uh, I won't consider you. I won't. I won't give you a chance. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call out a few words here, and uh, just one at a time. And if you could sort of uh, talk about this word and how it relates to your presentation. Uh, hope. Yeah, hope. These, these are people that have uh, probably ended up in prison because they didn't have hope. They didn't, they didn't understand what that could be uh, when they're in inside prison. Uh, prison's not really well known for developing hope. Uh, matter of fact, it, it can become hopeless for a lot of people. And But as they're coming out, uh, so many of them have such hope that they can make a new life for themselves. And, and you as an employer, you as a, as, as a, uh, a landowner who's, who's a, a landlord or landlady who's, who's running a home or, or whatever else, you can actually be so huge in that person's continued hope. And I say person because it's one person at a time. No spare citizen. If, if you know, and that, that actually is one that I, that I get from Chris Steele um, and his point and, and he's a former legislator, he's a former Speaker of the House in the state of Oklahoma. And his point is, is that there's nobody disposable, there's nobody that we can just forget about, that we can just set to the side and hope that they don't bother us. These are real human beings, and they, they, they have an impact no matter what. Here's our opportunity to help make that impact good. Tax credits. So there, our government has a lot of tax credits out there for employers that give people of disadvantaged classes a chance. Uh, and these classes could be anything from handicaps to uh, veterans to uh, homeless uh, people in homeless situations or long-term unemployed. There's a lot of different tax credits. One of them that I'm focused on is for those with a felony history. And it's actually an easy process to do. The paperwork is very simple. Each state has its own state-specific paperwork, and then there's the federal paperwork that goes with it. And honestly, it's free money. It cuts down. Here's the neat part. It makes that employee, if, you're, if you were going to pay the person a certain amount of money, let's say $10 an hour, the government's actually going to give you a significant portion of that money back. Who wouldn't want a cheaper employee? What a great benefit to your organization. Uh, last word that I'll do that was on your list, uh, learning trust. So 
these people, once again, who didn't have much hope before, who didn't have much hope um, while they were in prison and they're hoping to develop it, that same pattern exists with learning trust. They didn't have much trust before. They sure didn't learn much trust while they were inside. Now they're coming out to the real world and they don't have the advantages that you, that you and I have had. They, they've had some significant challenges that have undermined their ability to trust other people. So a lot of times what happens is because, because they don't know if they can trust you, they might not. And they may behave in ways that are not com uh, completely open and honest. So, so you, by the way, you out there who has a, a history, a, a felony history, or you're a loved one of, of somebody who, with a felony history, the biggest thing I can tell you is that being trustworthy takes risk. It takes get it, going out there and being honest and saying, yes, this is my history, and uh, I'm, I'm a better person for it. I'm rehabilitated. This is how, here's the people you can contact, my case manager at, at the Department of Corrections. Ask them about my rehabilitation. These are all important steps for you because the, the opposite can really damage things for you. If, if you don't trust me enough as an employer, if you don't trust me enough to tell me what your history was and I found out afterwards that oh, actually you lied on the application or you lied in the interview, I'm definitely not letting you in. There's no chance that, that I'm going to take somebody who lies to me. And, and I respect that this is very tough for you. I respect that. However, think about this way. If that organization, if those people were going to be prejudiced against you anyway, when they found out, I don't know that you wanted to work with them in the first place. Yeah, I know you want a job. I know. I, I, I believe you. But if you do it the right way, if you're open and honest, people will, will learn to trust you as well. Max, this has been a powerful episode and hopefully one that not only stimulates conversation, but uh, increases the likelihood of someone making a, taking action in a way that helps a, a population group within our society that is often overlooked. Um, do you have any parting thoughts? Hope. Comes back, you asked about that word, and it, it's the first word I put up on the, on, as I develop my presentation. It's the last word that I emphasize. It is about hope. And it's not just, and, and I've emphasized the individual, but it's also the hope of society. It's the hope of the family members. It's the hope of the organization that, that, that they can find the right talent. It's, it's the hope that, that, that we can move forward as an organization, as, as a community. And that, that is the most important thing of all. So Max, how can people contact you if they're looking for uh, help in structuring um, their opportunities or connecting with opportunities to uh, increase uh, uh, employment um, for post-incarceration individuals? That's a great question, Joey. So to clarify, I am not, I'm not an expert in all areas of post-incarceration. What, what I've focused on is as an employer trying to help individuals m uh, make that bridge. And I do help other employers uh, be more open to doing the right thing and considering people. To contact me, uh, I, please feel free to email me at hr.maximizer, that's M-A-X-I-M-I-Z-E-R, at gmail.com. I may not be able to help you, but I'll tell you what, I sure will try. 
Well, this has been a great episode of the Business Life and Coffee podcast. Max, I really appreciate you taking the time out to, to speak to our audience. And uh, if you're out there listening, I, I challenge you to to uh, either send me a tweet, uh, let me know that you've been thinking about the, the topic that we've discussed, and what action will you commit to uh, to making this, uh, this situation a, a much better one for, for not only our society, but individuals in need. Thanks, Joe. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at, only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems? Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at Jumpstart HR. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together.